Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. Didn't our worship team do a great job this morning? Um, If you're new here, my name is Trent, one of the pastors on staff. And uh, just uh, to let you know uh, whether you're new or not, uh, last week, my family got to drop our oldest daughter off at college up in upstate New York. Um, So I don't know if you're clapping because you're glad she's gone or you're glad that we were gone or or what, I'm not sure. Uh, But uh, if you're not familiar with uh, upstate New York, it's upstate New York. Like it's way up there. Like she is like almost at Canada. Um, So Pray for her, especially as winter comes. She's a Florida girl. Uh, She's not real familiar with the cold. So she's going to be learning all that this year. And I ask that you pray for us as well as a family uh, as we go through those transitional moments uh, with one of our kids launching out. It feels kind of weird. We're all kind of looking around the house wondering when she's going to walk in the door. Um, So we've got a number of families here that are in that process that have... uh, children that have gone off to college. So be in prayer for our families as we transition through that. Now, today we're in round three of our conflict resolution series called Fight to Win. And what we're trying to do in this series is learn how to resolve conflict in a way that really honors God. Um, We all have conflict. I mean, that's just inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, Put any two people into a relationship and conflict will happen. But what doesn't happen many times is that we don't resolve those conflict, those conflicts, whether it happens at work, whether it happens at school, whether it happens at church, whether it happens at home, often we don't resolve the conflicts that we need to resolve in a way that really does honor God. So that's what we're trying to learn together in this series. Now, if you've missed any of the messages so far, I encourage you to go to our website, theepicchurch.com, and you can listen to them there off the website. You can also uh, download them to, uh, through our iTunes account if you listen uh, through that, that uh, venue. Now, um, one of the things that we said in the first week of this series, in addition to conflict being just a normal part of life, it's something that happens for all of us, is that when we come to trying to resolve conflict, we all have a different style for fighting. We all have a different approach, different ways that we think will help us resolve that conflict. There are some of us that are explosive fighters. So we come out swinging hard and swinging fast. There are others of us that are a little bit more passive. And we drift back from conflict, hoping that that will resolve it. And then there's some of us that are a little bit passive aggressive, and we poke jabs here and there. We may talk, you know, behind somebody's back. We may get a little sarcastic. We all have a fighting style, a way that we think will help us resolve the conflicts that we have. But in reality, most often those styles create more conflict. They don't help us resolve the conflicts that we find in our lives. We learned last week that God has a specific plan for us. God has a specific plan when it comes to conflict resolution. We learned that in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 18, when Tim did a great job of teaching through those two passages. And God's strategy for us is always that we go to the other person. We're having conflict with somebody. God's strategy is that we go directly to that person that we're having conflict with, and we start a conversation on how to resolve that issue. Conflict resolution is so incredibly important to our God. And it should be so incredibly 
important to us. God wants us to value relationships the way that he values our relationships. God wants us to fight for relationships the way that he has fought for us and and the way that he fights for us. So we need to be committed to going directly to the person that we're in conflict with. Now, Today, I'm going to give you an overview of what do we do when we're in that conflict issue, we're trying to have that conversation to resolve conflict, what do we do in those moments? And I'm going to try to be as practical as possible today. So I'm going to try to just drill into this and give some real practical examples of of what we should be doing when we're trying to resolve conflict, whether that happens at work, at home, at school, and yeah, even church. It even happens in in church world. And so we need to learn how to resolve conflicts the way that God desires. Um, And when it comes to conflict, sometimes uh, we get a little bumped by someone else and we get offended. We get hurt by something that they've said. Maybe, you know, somebody at work said something a little offensive and, and that kind of bothered you. And maybe they don't even really know that you're in conflict, but you're feeling it. And there are other times where you say something, maybe at work, at school, at home, and somebody else has gotten offended at something you've said, and and you're not even really sure that you're in conflict. Maybe you've noticed that they're acting a little different, but you're not really sure what, what motivated that or what has started that. And then there are the many times where we know we're in conflict right, where something happens, uh, we bump heads with each other, either at home or school, whatever environment, we bump heads with somebody else, and we know it, like it's on, like we've reached for the sword, we're drawing our swords, we're like the Hatfields and McCoys, like we know, like there's no question, we are in conflict, and we have an issue to resolve. So whether um, it's an issue that we all know is happening, whether uh, I'm offended because you said something, you're offended because I said something, God wants us to learn how to resolve all of those conflict issues. Now today, I want to focus on us. Like, What do we do when we realize there's a conflict issue going on? How do we respond? How do we engage this conversation in a way to resolve it? And then next week, I'm going to try to answer the question that I think many of you are asking. And that question is, what do we do when we're applying God's principles and it doesn't seem to work? Anybody interested in that? Like you're trying, like you keep trying to apply these principles and it just doesn't seem to be working. That person doesn't respond. They don't don't care that you want to apply God's principles. What do we do in that moment? So we'll address that next week. Okay, so for today, let's say uh, that you're in conflict with someone. Somebody at work has said something and it has offended you. It's bothering you and it's starting to boil up in you and you've got a decision to make. What am I gonna do about this? Am I going to attack them, use my explosive fighting style? Am I gonna withdraw from them and just find you know, other ways to work around the office so I can avoid them as much as possible? Am I gonna talk trash about them to other people in the office? Like, what what are we going to do in that moment when we know conflict is there? Or are we going to say, you know what, I'm going to apply God's principles here. I'm going to stay true to the principles that he's laid out in scripture for me and do my best to resolve conflict in a way that honors him. For those that desire to do that, the first thing that I think that we should do is pause and pray. Before we do anything else, I think we should just pause and pray. Uh, Before we go talk to that person, 
before we start uh, amping up uh, all the things that we want to say in a very passionate way, before we start hyperventilating over the fact that we've got conflict and we're so afraid, we have no idea how we're going to resolve it, I think we should pause and we should pray. I think we should ask God to reveal the specific cause of the conflict. I think we should ask God to help us examine our motives. Like, what's my motive in this? Am I trying to prove my point as I come to this person? Do do I want to do my best to um, look like I'm better than this person as I'm about to interact with them? Like, why am I coming to this person? And in what way am I approaching this person? Is it a way that really would help us resolve the conflict or is it going to create more conflict? Ask God to help reveal your part in the conflict because often there's, there's two sides that start this thing. So what part might you have in it? Ask God to give you the words to speak. His words, not your words because we know what happens when we use our words, right? I mean, I usually create more conflict when I just use the words that I reach for. And I need God to, to give me his words that he wants me to speak in that moment of really resolving the conflict. And then I, I think we should ask God to help us really resolve conflict, work through it and say, God, would you just help us to work through this, to get to the side of the relationship that can be stronger as we uh, discover what conflict resolution is all about? Now, you may have 30 seconds for that prayer. I mean, you may get into conflict and go, okay, like, it's on. It's here. It's now. I've got to deal with this. And I would encourage you to use all 30 seconds. God, give me the wisdom that I need. Help me to speak the truth that needs to be spoken. Help me to hear the truth that needs to be spoken and step into that conversation. You may have had a conflict issue that happened several days ago, and you have several days to process and pray. So just spend your time praying. Make sure you're prayed up before you walk in to this uh, conflict resolution. Now, when you are prayed up, we should go directly to that person quickly and quietly. So what we learned last week in Matthew chapter 18 is that we are to go directly to that person that we're in conflict with and resolve it privately. Okay, get that, privately. And let me give you a cue cue on this one. Facebook is not privately, okay? Like Twitter is not privately, like those venues, social media is not a private way to resolve conflict. And let me, let me go a little bit further. I think when we try to resolve conflict through those ways, I think it's called sin. I really do. I mean, I see that stuff on Facebook sometimes. Man, it just breaks my heart. I mean, I, I want to jump on there and say, you are sinning right now. If, if we've got an issue and I go tell the world, but I'm not going to talk to you, Like, that's wrong. That's a wrong thing to do. We've got to go privately. So if an issue happened between you and I, guess what? We need to resolve it between you and I. Who needs to know about it? You and I do. Not the rest of the world. We don't need to be trying to get other people on our side. And that's what often we do when we use uh, social media. Uh, We're trying to get other people to, to get on our side and think we're right and they're wrong. God says, go privately to that person and resolve that issue in a way that really honors God and honors that other person as well. Now, the quickly part of that means as soon as reasonably possible, 
All right, so as soon as reasonably possible. It doesn't mean that if you've got conflict with your boss in a staff meeting, that you should stand up and cancel the staff meeting, send everybody home, like, all right, everybody go back to your offices. You know, boss and I got to resolve some conflict. I wouldn't recommend that because it would probably be your last day at work, right? Timing is important in conflict resolution. So we've got to look for a time that is as soon as reasonably possible. So maybe you've got a staff meeting going on and something happens and maybe you don't have the time right there in that moment to do that. But maybe you could stop your boss or a coworker after the meeting and say, hey, I would like to set up a time where we can talk about something that's really important to me something that happened in our our meeting. It can wait um, for a little bit, but I'd like to set up a time. Please let me know when the best time for us to discuss this would be. Um, When you've had a really long day at work and maybe a family member comes in after a really long day at school or work, maybe like right then when they walk in the door, that may not be the best time to have a conflict resolution conversation. You might create more conflict in that moment. Maybe it'd be better for you to just wait a little bit, give each of you the time that you need to unwind, and then begin the conversation when, when you've calmed down a little bit from your day. Now, when it comes to finding the right time, there are some of us that have been waiting and waiting and waiting for years for that right conversation. I won't ask you to raise your hand. But there are some of us been waiting way too long. Something happened years ago, and you're still waiting, trying to figure out, how do I bring this thing up? How do I resolve this? That is waiting too long to effectively resolve the conflict in a way that really honors God. So when something happens, when a conflict occurs, we need to handle it as soon as reasonably possible. We don't want to rush in unprepared but we don't want to wait too long. And then all of a sudden, all of the momentum that we could have in resolving this conflict is gone. And the other person goes, I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. So we've got to capture it in a, a, a time frame that is as soon as reasonably possible. Okay, so you've prayed yourself up. You've chosen the timing. You're going directly to that person that you're in conflict with. And then you're standing in front of them. Like, what do you say? Like, like you're there, all right? You've, you've made the appointment, you're there, you're looking at each other and they're going, what's this about? What, what are you gonna say? I think what we've gotta keep in our minds is Ephesians uh, 4.15. Ephesians 4.15 tells us to speak the truth in love. Now, you may not feel a whole lot of love for that person in that moment, but again, the point is that we speak the truth in love. Now, here's the reality when it comes to that. Some of you don't have a problem speaking the truth. That's never been your your, uh, downside. Like you speak the truth. There are some people that speak the truth regardless of how painful or how hurtful it is to other people. Kind of like this. So that's not how God wants us to resolve conflict. That's not what it means to speak the truth in love. Again, some of us just speak the truth. We don't care whether it's loving or not. Now, others of us, kind of on the other extreme, uh, struggle with speaking any amount of truth because we feel like it's not loving. Uh, There are people that suffer from this uh, eternal niceness syndrome. And we think that it's not 
Christian-like to tell somebody something that's going to hurt their feelings. And so we withhold that. So I'm not going to say that because that might hurt their feelings and I don't really want to do that. That, I'm not so sure that's something that God would want me to do. And so we don't speak the truth and we think we're being loving. But listen to what Proverbs 27, 6 says. It says, wounds from a sincere friend are better. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So if you're not speaking the truth to someone, guess what? You're more like an enemy than a real friend. Maybe you just kind of get caught up in this flattery thing where you think, well, I'll just tell them this to flatter them in a moment, but I'm really not going to speak the hard truth that they need to hear. God says, listen, it's more important for us to speak truth. It might feel painful to that person, but those wounds will help that person grow, and those are valuable things to say. So we've got to learn how to speak the truth in love. So if you don't have a problem speaking the truth, I would encourage you to work on the in love part. So figure out how to approach someone in a way where you're presenting truth, but it's done in a a loving package, a loving way that someone might be able to hear it and apply the truth that you're giving. And if you struggle with speaking the truth, I would encourage you, you can get better. You can actually learn how to speak truth to someone and be a sincere friend to them and help them grow to be more of what God wants them to be as you present the truth from your perspective as you see it. You just got to learn how to do that. And I'll give you some resources later in the service about that. All right, now in addition to speaking the truth in love, we also need to state the problem clearly. Okay, so as we're beginning the conversation, We've got to talk about a specific thing. We've got to talk about the specific issue that we're having. So for example, we we might say, I was offended when you said this in our meeting yesterday, or when you did this at home, I felt this way. We've got to be specific about the issue. We, We can't be vague. We can't beat around the bush. We can't throw every issue on the table that we've ever had with that person. We've got to be clear and concise and specific. So if an employee's job performance is causing conflict in the office, then we need to state that. If a friend's sarcasm is hurting our relationship, we need to identify that. If your dad's anger is causing a problem in your relationship, we need to be specific about that. Sometimes we're too vague, and when we're too vague, it doesn't resolve any issues. Sometimes we throw every conflict issue that we've ever had with that person on the table, and that just creates more conflict. We can't resolve that stuff. It doesn't give the other, the other person the chance to actually resolve the issues that we're talking about because we're throwing way too much at them. So we've got to be clear and specific about the issue that we're having in that moment that needs to be resolved. And then we've got to do our best to stay on track to stay on that main subject that we've talked about. So what often happens in conflict resolution or our attempts at conflict resolution is we start talking about one thing and end up talking about something totally unrelated. Anybody ever done that in a a conversation? All right, so like, for example, my wife and I, we'll start talking about a disagreement issue that we have with each other. And then three minutes later, we're talking about something totally unrelated that happened three weeks ago. And we're both wondering, how did we get over here? 
Not really sure. So we've got to make sure that we stay on the main subject that we're dealing with. We can only resolve one topic at a time. We can't resolve all the issues that we may have. And we may have a lot of issues, but we can only resolve one issue at a time. So we've got to stay on that main subject. Now, as you are explaining the conflict issue, speaking the truth in love, remember to stay calm. All right? So remember to stay calm. Don't raise your voice. I know this is hard. But the moment you raise your voice, the moment you power up, you're not working to resolve the issue. You're just creating more conflict that needs to be resolved later. And again, I know this can be extremely difficult, especially when we're passionate. I know it's hard for me. I mean, I get passionate at home. I get intense. One of the the common words that my family uses at home is, uh, dad, you're way too intense. Like tone down the intensity. And I say, why? They say, because it hurts. Ah, okay, I always have to, to work on toning that down. But especially when we get into a passionate conversation with somebody, we're in disagreement with somebody, we want to amp up the volume. We want to uh, get as passionate as we possibly can. But when we do that, we're not resolving the issue. We're actually creating more problems. Listen to Proverbs 15.1. Amazing wisdom from God. It says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So speaking gently helps us to stay in control of our emotions. It helps us to work towards conflict resolution. It helps us to get on the side of the other side of conflict where we can actually strengthen our relationships. We've got to learn how to be gentle as we're speaking the truth to people. That's one way to speak the truth in love. Speak it gently. Not long ago, one of my kids applied this verse on me and it kind of messed with me a little bit. So they wanted to go somewhere that I didn't think that they should go. I wasn't all that happy about it. And so I approached that conversation with my typical intense interrogative style. So I started asking questions. Who's going? Who all's going? How well do you know these people? Who's driving? Are you sure they're driving? Do they have a driver's license? Uh, Do you know the environment that you're going into? And the more questions that I asked, the louder I got. And then my child calmly said, it's okay, dad. I won't go. Now, that messed with me because I didn't know what to do in that moment. So now I'm ready for a fight. I'm drawing my sword thinking, you know, she's going to draw her sword and we're going to have a clash here. But no, like she deflated it in a moment. And I just stood there going, um, well, okay. Uh, I, like, I didn't know what to say. My kid applied a Bible verse on me. I mean, how cool is that? So a gentle answer deflects anger. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. If you're a Christ follower, there's no place for that in your life. For all of us who claim to be Christ followers, there's no place for that kind of stuff. There's no place for us powering up and getting so ugly and angry at other people, whether that's at work, whether that's at home. I mean, there's really no place for that. No no matter how right we think we are, how wrong somebody else, we think somebody else is, there's just no place for that. Verse 32 says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We're going to talk about forgiveness a little bit 
next week. But when you feel like you're amping up and, and like you're going to say something you shouldn't say, you're going to do something you shouldn't do, I'd encourage you to, to take a break, take a time out, like go somewhere, calm down for a few minutes. And take 15 minutes, go walk around the neighborhood, go walk around the parking lot at work or something. Just take a few minutes and calm down. But come back, like don't call time out and then, you know, a week later, try to start the conversation. That's not good. So take a break, calm down, and then come back to that conversation. Conflicts are more easily resolved when we are calm than when we're all amped up and, and ready to say things that are hurtful. All right, once you've shared the problem as you see it and have explained your side of the issue, this is the time to close your mouth, open your ears, and listen. Really listen to what the other person has to say. Really seek to understand, seek to hear their side of the issue. Now, don't assume that you know what they're going to say. Don't you know, like answer the, the conflict issue based on what you think is going on in their mind. Just listen, really listen to what they have to say. Now that can be another extremely difficult thing to do, especially when we're in, in conflict with each other. Here's what happens at home between me and my wife. If my wife and I are in conflict and we're in disagreement over an issue, um, she'll start her side of the, the conversation and I'll listen to the first like like three sentences she has to say, and then I'll disagree with something she has to say, and I will tune her out. Like, I don't think she's here to hear me say this, but um, so I, th- I think she's back in our kids' area, so I think we're safe for just a moment. But I will tune her out. Like, I will, like, turn her off. The volume goes off. I have no idea what's coming out of her mouth. Why? Because I'm amping up all the things I want to say that will prove I'm right and she's wrong. And then I wait for that divine moment when she takes her next breath, And I interrupt her and say, well, here's why I think you're wrong. And then she says, well, didn't you just hear what I had to say like three minutes ago? Like, absolutely not. I didn't hear what you had to say because I've been amping up what I should say. And when she does that to me and I do that to her, we end up more like lawyers trying to win a case than Christ followers trying to resolve a conflict. So we've got to listen to each other. Now, Does active listening mean that everything the other person has to say is always right and true? No, it doesn't. Is everything that we have to say always right and true? (laughs) Pat, that was awesome. That was awesome. I was going to say, if you're not sure, the correct answer is no, unless you're talking with Pat. Pat is always right and true. Hang out with that guy. So somewhere... In the conversation is God's truth. Somewhere in the conversation is the ability for us to discover a resolution to this issue. So we may have a portion of the truth, and the other person has a portion of the truth, but then there's God's truth that we need to discover and apply in in that situation. Now, when it comes to active listening, it's important to clarify what the other person is saying. And a strategy to help with that is to um, make a statement and then ask a question. So here's the statement. I heard you say. So when the other person says their side, you're listening, you know, active listening. You're not trying to, to prove why they're wrong. You haven't tuned them out. You're actually listening to what they have to say. And you want to repeat back. You want to summarize what you think that they said. So for example, I heard you say that it bothers you when I make plans without consulting you first. 
I heard you say that you feel I'm not living up to your expectations at work. And then after you've summarized, a great way to wrap that up is by asking a question. Is that what you meant to say? So I heard you say, and then is that what you meant to say? Now that strategy helps us to clarify what the other person is really trying to say in that moment, what they're trying to say in that conversation. And it gives us the opportunity to either confirm what we have said or to correct what we have said. So when my wife and I are doing that in our conversations, my wife will repeat back what she thinks I've said. And um, that gives me the chance to either confirm it, yes, that's what I meant to say, or correct it. No, that's not what I meant to say. And there are many moments that I'll say something, I'll, I'll get a little passionate in a moment and something will come out of my mouth and it doesn't go through the filter of my brain and I don't catch it before it comes out and I say it and she says, you know, I heard you say this, is that what you meant to say? And I have to say, no, that's not what I meant to say. I, I, I need you to forgive me in that moment. Like what I just said, that was hurtful. Um, I was jabbing you. So I need you to forgive me. Would you let me start over? And what that strategy does is it's kind of like our cars need oil in order to uh, operate smoothly. You know, instead of metal on metal, you know, that oil helps our engines to run smoothly. When we apply strategies like that, it's applying grace into our relationships and it helps our relationships to run more smoothly. I don't know if we have any golf fans, but I'm like a terrible golfer. And so when I go golfing, um, most of the guys that golf with me give me a friendly thing called a mulligan. If you're not sure if you're familiar with that, it's when you have a bad shot and they go, okay, here's a free one. We won't count that one against you. So you just get another free shot. And usually I take 10 mulligans in one shot. Um, And sometimes we need that in our conversations as well. But when my wife says like, hey, have another run at that, it's a free mulligan. It's grace. And our relationships desperately need more grace in them. So another part, uh, important part of resolving conflict is taking responsibility for the stuff that you've done to create the conflict. So if you said something hurtful, apologize for that and don't say that again. If you keep bringing up the past, admit that and don't do that. If you keep interrupting the other person, own that and work on really listening to them. If you have a pride problem, swallow it and work hard at resolving the conflict in a way that really honors God. So taking responsibility for our part in the conflict communicates to the other person, like, I get it, I understand, it's not all you. I understand that there's a good chance I have a part to play in this, and I'm gonna take responsibility for the part that I have, and I I hope that you'll take responsibility for your part as well. Jesus spoke directly about this in Matthew chapter seven. verse three, he said, Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So again, we have to pause and say, God, is there something in in my life that I need to deal with? Help me resolve that first. We have to look within before we're trying to help somebody else fix a problem in their lives. So we've got to start with us as we're trying to resolve conflict. Take responsibility for the stuff that we create that's not healthy. Okay, so we've paused and prayed. We've spoken the truth in love. We've been 
as specific as possible about the problem. We've actively listened to the other person and their perspective. We've taken ownership of our part of the conflict. Now what? Here's where many conversations end. Here's, here's where many uh, conflict resolution attempts fall apart because we get to this stalemate moment where I think one way, you think another. I think I'm right, you think you're right. So with my wife and I, I mean, she'll say her side, I'll say my side, and I'll say, well, I hear you, and she says, I hear you, and then there we sit. What do we do next? How do we resolve it? How do we move forward? Now, here's where I think we've got to go back to God's ultimate goal for our relationship and God's fighting strategy. Does God want me to win the argument? I mean, is God up there rooting for me in the conversation with my wife? Is he going, come on, Trent? I mean, like, nail her. Like, there's your opportunity. I mean, like, like really? I mean, you, you had the chance. I mean, like, hit her with that one. Or is God saying, Trent, resolve this one. This relationship is more important than you winning this argument. Like, I want you to step up and resolve this in a way that I would. Does God want me to prove my point? Or does God want me to resolve this in a way that Jesus would. God always wants us to fight for relationships. He always wants us to go the extra mile, to work hard to resolve these things because they're that important. So this is another great opportunity for us to pause and pray. Just stop. And maybe we get to this spot and this may be weird at work, so it may not you know, work in every context, but maybe that's a great opportunity for you to pause and say, hey, would you pray with me about this? I'd love to resolve this, love to find an answer. So let's, let's pray together about that. Maybe you pray by yourself in your head, quietly to you and God. Maybe you pray out loud with the other person. But it's a great opportunity to pause. If you don't push forward in this, most likely we'll revert back to a, an old fighting style and we'll create more conflict. Now, for those who want to strengthen their relationships, this is the moment where we get solution-oriented, this is the time that we have to come up with a plan that will work for both of us. And the key word here is compromise. This is where we have to find that middle ground where we can grow our relationship from in this specific area. Now, when it comes to compromise, I think most of us, myself included, uh, look at it the wrong way. Many times we look at compromise as I'll give up something, you give up something, and we both come to a solution that neither of us are happy with. But I don't think that's what God had in mind when he, when he came up with this, this strategy of compromise and finding a win. See, I think what God wants us to do is create a win for both of us, create a win for our relationship, something that takes our relationship to the next level. And this is hard work. This is really hard for us to, to not just cut the corner and go, well, I'll compromise a little bit here, you compromise a little bit there. But if we step forward and say, listen, we're going to find something that really works for us, creates a win for us, guess what happens when we do that? We start working together. That's the place that God wants us to be. We start looking at this problem as something we can solve, not looking at it as, hey, you've got a problem over here, I've got an issue over here, and we're gonna try to work against each other. We join sides. We work together to resolve a common problem. And that's the place, again, I think that God wants us to be. And when we get to that level of the conversation, to a level that often we don't get to because we derail ourselves before, when we get to that moment, 
We've got to hang in there. We can't throw in the towel. We can't walk away. We can't cycle back into old fighting styles. We can't follow rabbit trails. We've got to stay on the main subject. We've got to stay committed to resolving this conflict in a way that will really honor God. And if we do that, I think we'll push through and discover what resolution really feels like, where we have an issue, where we can say, you know what, we resolve that. We don't have to bring that up anymore. We don't have to talk about that anymore. That actually can go in our past and stay in our past because we actually resolved the issue that we've been dealing with. That's the place that God wants us to get to. It's not going to happen in a minute. It's not going to happen maybe even, even in a few conversations. But if we stay committed to that process, I really believe that we can discover that, whether conflict is happening at home, at work, at school, wherever, even at church. All right. We've covered a lot of ground today. And again, we're, we're trying to be practical. We're trying to go over a, an overview of this issue. And some of you are probably thinking, wow, that, you know, that sounds great. I wish my conflict resolution issues were that simple. I, I wish that every time I would speak, the other person would listen. I, I wish that they would pour grace out for me because I'm trying to pour grace out for them. Let me just remind all of us, conflict resolution is a process that's messy, I mean, it's not a, a scientific formula or mathematical equation. You know, A plus B does not always equal C. There's so many variables that we have to deal with when it comes to resolving conflict. And I can sit in my office all day and help people resolve conflict and go home and have a fight with my wife or my kids. I can do that. So it's messy. And we've got to stay committed to applying God's principles. Now, others of you are thinking, wow, um, what do you do when you've applied all those things and it doesn't work? What do you do when your boss could care less whether you apply God's principles or not? What do you do when your spouse says, I don't care if we resolve conflict, I like to create conflict. What do you do when you're working hard to apply these principles, but it just doesn't seem to be working? You have to come back next week, all right? Because next week, we're going to uh, do our best to answer that one. All right, so here's what I recommend for this week. I recommend that you start working on applying these principles in your life and the conflicts that you have. If you've got a conflict issue right now, I encourage you to start working and applying these principles. I have posted these principles on our spiritual growth challenge that I encourage you to pick up a copy of before you leave today. So at lunch, when you're wondering like, what was I supposed to do again? What was that verse? It's all listed here. So you can pick that up from our Connection Center. You can download it from our website, theepicchurch.com, under our Resources tab, and you can review those things. And it can help you develop a plan as you're resolving the conflicts. We've got to practice this. The only way to get good at this is to practice it. And so practice it this week, I encourage you. Now, next week, we're going to wrap up this series by having communion together. And I told you about that at the beginning of this series, and we talked about the importance of communion and, and how God uh, views our relationship with him and others in such a sacred thing, and communion plays a part of that. So next week, we're going to have communion together, and I really encourage you, if you've got conflict with somebody this week, I encourage you to resolve that as best you can so you can come to communion next week with a clear conscience between you and God knowing that you've done your part to resolve the conflicts in your life. So be praying for you this week as you resolve those issues and you learn how to get better at applying God's conflict resolution strategies. So let's pray. And then uh, Cody's going to come out and give us some announcements. God, I'm so grateful for the strategies that you give us in scripture 
dealing with conflict resolution. Uh, Lord, you know us. You know that we get into conflict. Lord, that happens everywhere in our lives. And you know that we desperately need to know how to resolve the conflict. And God, I'm, I really believe that you're not all that bothered when we get into conflict because you know that's what we're going to do. But it bothers you when we don't resolve conflict in a way that honors you and honors the other person that we're in conflict with. So Lord, I pray that you would help us in this process. Lord, I pray that you would help us get stronger at this. Lord, help us to learn how to apply these principles to our lives so we can strengthen our relationships the way that you want us to. So Lord, we need your help. There's some of us that are in conflict right now and we know that today we gotta go have a conversation or this week we've gotta have a conversation with someone to resolve an issue. Lord, I pray that you would give them the confidence that they need. I pray that you would give them the words to speak and I pray that they would be able to discover what true conflict resolution looks like. Empower us in that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Trent, for teaching us how to resolve conflict. Not all of us like to deal with that all the time, but uh, we can practice it daily, especially football season is upon us. You may be practicing it today. Who knows? Well, my name is Cody Anderson, and I'm the leader of our, our student ministry here called Surge. Um, and if you could, I have several announcements for you. If you could pick up that sheet next to you, um, the announcement sheet, and I'm going to hit on a few topics on there. Now, we actually had Surge last night, and we had a movie night where we played uh, God's Not Dead. So we had stadium seating, big screen, surround sound. It was just a great event, event, and we had a bunch of great students that came out. Now, if you want to keep in touch with what we're doing, we actually have a texting service. You can text EPIC SURGE to 313131, and you can keep up to date with what we're doing. Now, during the month of September, Epic is collecting food to partner with Grace Community Food Pantry. And when I walked in this morning, I seen an abundance already in the first week of bags of food being brought in, the big brown bags. So you guys can clap for that. That is awesome for what you guys are doing. Such a great event. Now, if you want to keep on partnering with us, you can grab a brown bag on the way out, fill that up, and bring it back any Sunday this month, and we'll transport it over to them. Now, also, next Saturday, we're partnering with Habitat for Humanity, and we have the opportunity to frame up a house for one of our church members. So what a cool event uh, and something to be a part of. Now, if you've signed up for that, um, just make sure you check your email to make sure that you're getting the details for that. Also, next week after both services, we're going to have a starting point intro over in the the break area over here. Uh, Now, starting point is a 10-week conversational uh, course that you could take to be able to find out a little more about the story of God and to celebrate community uh, with others here in the church. So it's a great opportunity. If you want to sign up for the start of the small groups um, for starting point, you can check with Tim Jones, which is going to be in the back right there, raising his hand. Everybody say hi to Tim. Or you can go online at the epicchurch.com and click on the sign up tab on there. Now, exciting stuff happening. Sunday, September 21st is our five-year birthday here at Epic. So you guys clap for that. That's awesome. That is you guys. You as the family. So we're going to have a bash. On the 21st, uh, right after second service, 1230 to four o'clock, we're going to go right behind right behind here at Belterra Park, and we're going to have a big event. We're going to have lunch out there for you. We're going to have games, face painting. Um, we're going to have bounce houses, and we're going to have our own version of Fear Factor. So you want to, um, we're actually going to hand out cards next week, so you can give them to friends and family. And the only thing you have to bring are friends 
and chairs to be able to sit in while you're eating lunch. Cool stuff happening. So put that on your calendar. Come out and help us celebrate in that way. Now, another way that you could help change lives is to partner with us through giving. There's two ways that you can give. You can give online at theepicchurch.com, or we have the giving boxes in the tables right behind you. Now, if you're new here at Epic, we're so happy you're here, happy you came to join us during this series. Um, If you could, just stop by the Connection Center over in the back corner. We'd love to personally meet you and just answer any questions that you may have. Now, everybody, thank you for joining us today. Next week, we're going to finish up the series, the Fight to Win series, so come out and join us then. On your way out, say hi to somebody you don't know or don't know well. Now, enjoy your Sunday.